So <clears throat> today, as we were mentioning at the beginning of the Mass, the whole church, every church, every cathedral, every small chapel in the Catholic Church today is celebrating the World Day of Prayer for Vocations. And for the last 60 years, the church, every single fourth Sunday of Easter, the church has gathered and with a single mind have made this one petition to the Lord. And the most authentic sign of the vitality of a community of faith is that its members start living vocationally. Basically, there's two ways of living our own lives. Either we live, we could call it in preservation mode, survival mode, trying to protect our lives, or we live in vocational mode. When we live in survival mode, we place typically ourselves in the center, and then we ask <clears throat> ourselves, what does life have to offer me? But today, the whole church prays, firstly, <clears throat> to remind us that we were created to live in vocational mode, to wake up every morning and ask ourselves, Lord, how can I serve your mission? And it's amazing to see that this was what happened in the heart of the apostles after the resurrection. We could sum up their existence before the experience of the resurrection as living in survival mode, in preservation mode. And, but when they experienced the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit convinced them that Jesus was alive, as St. Paul says, they start living, if they lived, they start living for the Lord. If they died, they would die for the Lord. And that is why it's the wonders that we are listening in the Acts of the Apostles. Finally, it's not that the church found its mission, but the mission of Jesus found a church. The mission of Jesus finally found men and women available for his mission. And it's so beautiful to see the Acts of Apostles, how these men and women start living in a vocational mode. And so this is, I invite you to make of this our prayer for all of us here. All of us can choose every morning to live in survival mode or vocational mode. But furthermore, and more specifically, the church today wants to invite us to pray the only day of the year to pray for vocations to the priesthood and consecrated life. And I think, to be honest, it should be the joy of a community of faith, of this Mass of St. Anne's, that Jesus would call among us some to lay down their lives. Once I asked um, a faithful Catholic woman, do you pray for vocations? Oh yes, he, he, she said. Almost like saying, Father, how would you ask me that? Of course. But I asked her, what if Jesus would call any of your children? Oh, no, no, she said. I have plans for each one of them. <laughs> but today's prayer is of tremendous importance because Jesus himself, 2,000 years ago in Matthew 9, he inaugurated this prayer. And the context is amazing. He says the Gospel of Matthew, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. 
And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So Jesus was looking to the crowds, but not as a, an economist, not as a politician, but as a shepherd. And he recognized that they were disoriented, like sheep without a shepherd. There was a harvest, but without laborers. And so he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest. And the, in the original expression, the verb is much more vital than simply pr pray. The original entails when Jesus says pray, it, it's saying ask for it with urgency, plead, beg the Father. So here we found one of the deepest desires in, in the heart of Jesus, something that is really dear to his heart, that men and women will lay down their lives for his sheep. And we must notice that when the church prays today, we are not asking Jesus, we are not trying to convince Jesus that he should, in this age, keep on calling. For 2,000 years, Jesus has been calling men and women from every place, from every country, from every generation. He hasn't stopped calling. What we pray today is not that Jesus may call, but that those being called may answer. That is the focus of our prayer. Because deep down, a vocation is never invented, but discovered. And once the person discovers, there is an amazing dialogue of grace and freedom to respond to it. God in his heart knows what he has in mind for every person. And long before the person that it's been called has decided to follow him, even long before he begins to prepare us through our fathers and mothers, through our relatives, through the families he thought for us, through our education, through our gifts and talents, through our character, through our temperament, through the circumstances of our life, through the providential encounters, through the place we go to study, the community we met, the events that happen in our life. The task of someone that is being called is not to invent, but to discover where that gently voice, the voice of the shepherd is leading him. And because Jesus typically calls among his disciples, the most likely thing is <clears throat> when Jesus sees the sea, when he's looking to Tenley Town, when he thinks, from where would I call men and women? From here, from a community of faith. This is the place where most likely some of us tonight might be feeling that the Lord may be calling us because he calls those who have come to know his love, who have been touched by the Spirit, who have been surprised by the joy of the gospel. And hopefully we pray today that those that this question may be in their hearts, may be able to say at least, Lord, I want to listen tonight. I want you to rebuild your dream for me. So what do we ask for those who are being called? Two things. Number one, we pray that those being called 
may trust in the love of Jesus because the call to total surrender is first and foremost a call of love. Today, Jesus says something beautiful. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. Only the shepherd, Jesus is trying to say, knows the depths of his sheep. He knows us in a way that nobody can know us because he loves us more than anyone. He who loves you infinitely can know you infinitely. And he knows where we will bear maximum fruit, where we will experience ultimate happiness. That's why the gospel says he calls by name. The one question that Jesus asked Peter before entrusting him, his flock, he didn't ask him, Simon, are you ready? Simon, do you feel equipped? Simon, do you think that it's a popular decision? He asked him just one question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? In other words, do you trust more in me than in yourself? Simon, son of John, do you love me? A vocation is always like an undeserved call and typically the person that is being called feels unworthy. But today we pray that those being called may recognize that this voice is the voice of a father, someone that loves us. God the Father has only the signs of love for us. He said in today's gospel, I have come to give life and life in abundance is so vital to grasp and feel that this voice comes out of love because the tempter is one thing that wants to put in our heart is doubt. Is this a voice of someone that loves me? And the answer is yes. I have a father that wants my good. Nevertheless, to be honest, the, the mere thought that Jesus could be calling us is terrifying. It turns your life upside down. I still remember the first time when just the, the idea or the possibility popped up in my mind. I, I was not ready. I was a freshman, and it was in the middle of the summer before my sophomore year, and I was starting to date a Catholic girl. I had already all my plans. I was, coming, was going to come to the US to study at Wharton Business School. And I didn't want to give up my plan. I had it all planned out. I knew the expectations of people that loved me. But only when I received the love of Christ, I could understand in some way that whatever call he had for me, that would assume my deepest desires. I was I recognized like an onion. I had like different layers, different desires. But if he was calling me the good shepherd, he would assume, he would prune more superficial desires, and he would be faithful to my deepest desires, even desires I didn't know I had so deep. That is why today, in first place, we pray, we beg that those being called tonight may believe in the love of God. Today, the whole church prays that those being called may not make decisions out of fear or out of what is easiest, or out of what other people expect from us, even people that love us, but that we may have the fortitude to believe in the love of Jesus. And lastly, we pray that those being called may respond to the needs of what they see. 
The world has many needs, but from the perspective of faith, the need number one is of the love of God. The most fundamental demand on a post-Christian world that has turned away from God, that has forgotten the depths, the high of the love of God, is that they may experience an unfailing, eternal, saving love, the love of the Redeemer. For someone that has been touched by the Spirit can grasp this urgency, this need. And one of the saints that most understood this was San Albert Hurtado. He's from Chile, and he puts it this way. The mission of a consecrated person can be compared to that of a man in a city under siege by an enemy and whose citizens are at the point of dying of thirst. The man finds himself to be in control of the life and death of the inhabitants because he knows of a subterranean source of water that could save his brothers, but which requires much effort to unearth. If he refuses to make the effort, his companions will perish. Could he refuse to make the sacrifice? So I love this thought because what he's saying is, if you have come to know the love of God, you know the subterranean source of living water that every human being is longing for. When you see someone walking, you are seeing an eternal soul that was created for the love of God. And if Jesus is not reigning, his heart is suffering. So today, let us this be our prayer that those being called may believe in the love of God and be encouraged in a world of, with so many needs to be channels of the love of Christ.